Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a choice that sex offenders make. Derek Lodge says he shouldn't have to carry the label for life. Referring to me as by a label for something I did half my life ago is inappropriate and downright offensive. I can't tell you whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse broke the law, but I can tell you this. If he didn't break the law, we should change the law. Some Bay Area police departments have called what happened this weekend looting. We saw similar crimes happen in the wake of the George Floyd protests, but are these weekend crimes truly considered looting? Race and social justice reporter Julian Glover is here to give us uh, some context into that word looting. These latte liberals that justify this. President ever apologized to the acquitted Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse for suggesting online and on TV that he is a white supremacist. <laughs> well, let's be clear what we're talking about here. This is about a campaign video released last year that used President Trump's own words during a debate as he refused to condemn white supremacists and militia groups. Uh, I hope that just goes more towards uh, giving Kyle Rittenhouse more resolve to sue the holy bleep out of Joseph Biden, candidate at the time for president. Absolutely Absolutely. Alice Shattuck, mildly hungover. Tom Shattuck, uh, <laughs> to write it. I think we're both a little toasty today, Alice. Mm, uh, I think it's fair to say. A little bit, a little bit. Um, oh, so they're allowed to see you drink your coffee, right? Is that what's happening? Actually, I'm, I was off camera when well, I you were, But you were coffee. surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, we're going to have to talk about, you and I. I didn't know that that was a thing that you did. I didn't mean to slurp. <laughs> oh, I think you made me slurp. <laughs> Alice. All right. <laughs> Alice! What? Really? What? Out of the gutter for five seconds, Alice. Come on, dude. Why are you attacking I'm me? I'm not. I'm just saying, come on. Can you? Can we go back to rated uh, PG at least or PG-13? Nothing happened. No, you went. 
You went. You worked I blue again. I didn't say anything. You I worked laughed. blue again. I laughed at your joke. My goodness. <laughs> All right. So, so th- this is one of those shows actually where, where actually it would be help help if we were drinking. I do have a a uh, sugar plum <laughs> seltzer here. <laughs> oh, because you know why I had to, Alice? Because why? according to this Bud Light seltzer, it's seltzer season S Z. N. S Z N O. Get it? That's why I have my sugar plum seltzer. Mm-hmm. It's not the most masculine oh. thing to be doing. Okay. <sighs> so let's start with the uh, idiocy first. Right along, right at with Jen talking. <laughs> you know, there's a way to answer this question. There's a way to answer the question with about Kyle Rittenhouse mm-hmm. with a tiny bit of contri- contrition. Without, you know, the, the the idea of gaslighting is that it's supposed to be somewhat subtle. Right. The world, the intended v- target, you know, they're supposed to notice, but everybody else isn't necessarily supposed to notice. But this is, this is gaslighting when we're seeing you do this is, mm-hmm. is less effective because... You just look like a jerk. So we've got this kid now who this administration, because they can't, they can't, they're afraid to do any messaging at all that will seem slightly less woke whatsoever. So they are hostage to this very pro-woke messaging and to all of these narratives that they were happy to use to get to victory, including that there's some kind of racial thing. Why are you laughing at me? I'm not. You were laughing there for a second. Is there something about my visage? No, okay. I wasn't laughing. So they were using this stuff the uh, to to get to the White House, etc. And they they can't; they're unable to stop, or they don't want to stop. They're scared of Twitter. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because now it's just funny. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold it together, Alex. <laughs> wow. Um. So, okay, so let's start with Ducey asks the question. The president ever apologized to the acquitted Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse for suggesting online and on TV that he is a white supremacist? <laughs> well, let's be clear what we're talking about here. This is about a campaign video released last year that used President Trump's own words during a debate as he refused to condemn white supremacists and militia groups. And President Trump, as we know from history, and as many of you covered, didn't just... This is about a campaign video, Alice. Let's be clear here. This is about a campaign video. Mm -hmm. The guy called the kid a white supremacist, and he also tweeted the same kind of thing. Yeah, and not just in a campaign video. Right. So, sure, uh, Biden might have made a campaign video that includes some of the stuff, this is not about a campaign video. Well, and, I mean, like, she says it's about a campaign video. Like, well, yeah, but you ran a picture of a minor who was not yet uh, convicted of a crime and called him a white supremacist in the video, like, said that there was, as we saw in Kenosha, violence by white supremacists that Trump was encouraging and put a picture of him on it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that seems, you know... When you run campaign videos, they have you say at the end, I'm Joe Biden and I approved this message for a reason, because you're responsible for what goes out in your name. Like, sorry. Right. And also, like I was saying, normal people can see this. Normal people know what happened and what didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So this is telling all of us that we're 
that we didn't see and hear what we thought we said. Yeah, we imagined him calling right. him a right, white supremacist. Which it, and they've also they've already taken a hit on this um, because there are some people on the left who actually didn't know much about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, but had came to the decision late that it was indeed not about a white supremacy. And it wasn't about him attacking black members of Black Lives Matter. Like the girl from uh, the Young Turks, she, you know, said, you know what, I had to take a second look. I didn't know what was going on with the case. With the case, And it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, our our, our uh, Iron Dome defense of three kids downstairs was unable to stop this incoming uh, projectile. Thank you, though. All set, buddy. Okay, Yay. Sally can help there. Excellent. So there are some people in the middle that notice. So, so I understand the tribal gaslighting is one thing, but when you're losing people on your own side, that's another. You don't have to say whatever. It doesn't matter what you say about Rittenhouse. Um, he is an American citizen who's underage, right. who was underage, mm-hmm. who they flamed, and she continues to do it. Refused to condemn militia groups on the debate stage. He actively encouraged them throughout his presidency. So, uh, you know, what we've seen are the tragic consequences of that. When people think it's okay to take the law into their own hands, instead of allowing law enforcement to do its job. And the president... That is another thing right there. Mm-hmm. What caused the people to come into the streets in Kenosha? Um, a violent white supremacist militia. Democrats in Democratic leadership applauding riots and their media denying that riots were taking place and lawlessness. That's what caused it. Mm-hmm. And people saw that too. So now if you're going to put the riots on Trump, uh, sorry about that. Well, I mean, yeah. And then also... Not just like encouraging the riots once they were going on, but, you know, causing them by completely lying about the Jacob Blake shooting to start. with. Right. And Biden visited him and his family too. this, you know, serial criminal who was trying to knife a cop when he got shot. I mean, like. Which is on the heels of them completely misrepresenting the George Floyd thing as racist. Without proof, by the way, you know, race was never used in the trial of Derek Chauvin mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have any proof to suggest anything racist happened. Well, the Democrats saw the utility in, in, in their media and they used it happily. They created all of this, all of this. They created mm-hmm. the reimagined policing. You know, obviously, you guys know that I do a radio show in Connecticut and there's all sorts of new and interesting crime happening all over Connecticut now. And and they're totally the Democrats are, in the state are just totally suggesting no, it's not, it's not. And uh, I don't know if this is the right moment if I'm interrupting here, but uh, also bail reform was another one that we heard mm-hmm. all about in the wake of all this last year. You know, you have Kamala Harris, the you know candidate for vice president of the United States, tweeting out the links to the bail funds to bail people out. Yep. And now you have this guy who's killed how many people? Twelve people in what? No, I think six. Okay. Uh, I think six. Five. five. Oh, f- killed five, and then no. Now there's another one. A child is now dead. Six. A uh, child an, an died as well. Okay, yep. that just so, happened. So killed all these people in Wisconsin who was out on bail for a second time after bail jumping, and you know he had a, he had a thousand dollars bail for trying to run over the mother of his child with a car earlier mm. this month. He's got a lengthy two decades long oh, rap huge. sheet. Oh, and he's also a uh, word we're not allowed to say anymore, too. 
Oh, a, oh that, a, that's, that's right. A, um, oh, yes, that's right. That's right. A client. A, He's a client. Or a, a gentleman who had once no. committed a sexual offense. He is offense. a client. I don't I'm feel comfortable uh, yeah. with you saying that. But here's back to uh, Saki. Believes in condemning hatred, division, and violence. That's exactly what was done in that video. But if uh, you're saying that it was just a campaign video, it wasn't. The president also gave an interview where he said this uh, Rittenhouse was part of a militia coming out of Illinois. Have you ever heard this president referring to Trump say one negative thing about white supremacists? These are all things... I, None of this was proven in the trial. And Kyle Rittenhouse is saying that the president had actual malice in defaming his character. Is that what happened here? The, the president spoke to the verdict uh, last week. Uh, he has obviously condemned uh, the hatred and division and violence we've seen around the country by groups like the Proud Boys uh, and groups that uh, that individual has posed in photos with. Um, but beyond that, I'll leave it to his comments around the verdict. Was happy to be seen in photos with. He groups. just uh, some people in a bar asked him to right. take a picture with them. Is what happened, which he shouldn't have done. In if and his lawyer should have told him not to do that. Well, who knows but, what was going on with that? But, but yeah, but you don't. If you're on, just your lawyer should be telling you like, don't pose in pictures with random people in bars right now. Just trying. Well, to, sure, he shouldn't. But, but he know, had, he's but, had different representation. But he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Now he has different representation that is, I believe, telling him things like that. Um, but, uh, it, you know, these weren't people that he had some prior connection with. He just happened. Right. He was. He his mom stopped at a bar when bringing him home. Again, the parenting, I don't know. But anyway, stopped mm-hmm. at a bar while bringing him home and this group of people who turned out to be... Were they Proud Boys or were they something else? I, I don't no know. Some idea. group no some group that's like questionable wanted to take pictures with him. So he took a... You know, he posed for a picture with them in the picture. Just some people asked him to take a picture that he'd never met before. So, I mean... But yeah, it's it's all gaslighting. They're trying to portray this as something it isn't. They're trying to give Americans a false impression of the case. Just listen to like what Biden's statement was on the verdict a couple days ago. While the verdict in Kenosha leaves many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. Like, oh, wow. So you're angry and concerned that a jury found that he acted in self-defense? You'd think he'd be relieved that they found there was no white supremacist terror threat like he'd been saying for months and months. You'd think that would be like a positive. Like, you know, it's unfortunate that poor Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked by people and had to defend himself, thus killing them and maiming Gage Grosskorts. But, you know, it's it's better than that they killed him. So, I mean, there's nothing to be sad about in the Kyle... concerned or angry or any of these things like there there's nothing to be upset about and the fact that he's out there saying that and not apologizing to Kyle Rittenhouse for smearing him just so he could get at Trump is just incredible and who's the guy who's the guy killed Joseph what's his name Rosenbaum yes you see that Mark Ruffalo described him as Jojo yeah poor freaking people man I'll tell you all right if it's working for you um, so the, you you uh, uh, stepped on the intro of this next topic, Alice. So I'll go right to it because my step-on wife, who's beautiful and I love, by the way. Why come that doesn't get a, a laugh, a, a lilty smile? I don't know. Um, so, no, Alice was mentioning... Um, this story from San Francisco. Uh, no, uh, I mean you the- also teased it in the intro. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I just like I'm trying to get the. We need a step on wife shirt for girls for women to wear. Okay, 
Uh, something Maybe tonight after the show, we should sit down and go through some merch ideas. Perhaps something alluring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um... Okay, so here's the Denver CBS. Uh, oh no, 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 no. We'll go to the San Francisco. No, no, Denver CBS uh, sex offender rap. And had you seen the San Francisco one, the looting one? Um, I saw that it was out there, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> By the way, we missed all that news over the weekend. All the looting in San Fran at um, uh, like Walnut Creek and. Uh, all the all the huge the stores that were these huge gangs. I was working all weekend. I was barely here. Did you know? Anyway, I was uh, keeping home, Alice. It's a job too, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, how some people do it, it's a job. <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it means some people sit on the sofa with a beer, and some well. people. For in, some people, people homemaking you, is a job. What and people are you referring people, to exactly? I'm just, I'm just speaking purely hypothetically. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we missed all this stuff. The total bedlam over there, and um, just like hundreds of of punks just going in and stealing stuff, mm-hmm. and with cars waiting outside. Yeah, it's organized crime. Yeah, I had a great caller today who said, "Isn't this a, a RICO violation?" And I said, yeah, it seems like it would be. It would be racketeering if you're, if you're working together to do this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And selling all the stuff that are... All right, so here we go. Here is the... Uh, was I supposed to start with this? The ABC San Francisco? They I thought you were going to do the sex Here's offenders. sex offenders from Denver. All right, here we go. This is unbelievable. New at 6 tonight, the way sex offenders are labeled is going to change here in Colorado. The board that sets state standards voted today to change the term sex offenders to reflect so-called person first. For example, person who has committed sex crimes. Our Sean Boyd first report the switch. No surprise, it is highly controversial. A lot of people have some very strong yeah. opinions about this one. The Sex Offender Management Board, made up of everyone from public defenders to prosecutors, sets standards and guidelines for treatment providers. So the new terminology will only be used in that context. For now. It doesn't change the term <laughs> sex offender in law or in the criminal justice system. But some worry it's a step in that direction. It is a step in that direction. Of course The it idea is. that we're even this far into this story, that this was aired publicly, that these people in this little commission took the time out mm-hmm. to do this, tells you that there are psychotics all throughout. Is an infestation of psychotics in well, Colorado. Yeah, I mean... and. Obviously, they've been doing this for years with various terms, deciding that certain Mm -hmm. legal terms are offensive and shouldn't be used. Illegal alien springs to mind. You can't Mm -hmm. call somebody an illegal alien because it's mean. And so they have been trying to do this with crimes in terms of how they want the news reporting on it and stuff. They don't want people saying felon. They want people saying person first language. They want people saying someone who's committed a felony instead of felon because otherwise you're like labeling the person as like one act they did in their life, right? So, but you can't give this any quarter. You cannot Mm -hmm. let them make the slightest, you know, move to show that, to say that the term felon or the term illegal alien or the term sex offender, which is purely an accurate descriptive word, is offensive by itself. Right. There's no reason to grant them the tiniest bit of quarter on that. I totally and utterly agree. 
I'm involved today after hearing that it would be improper or offensive in some manner for me to reply or to speak about the man who raped me as a sex offender. A rape survivor, Kimberly Corbin, among those who spoke out against changing the term sex offender to something less stigmatizing, saying labels based on traits people can... Even that. Mm -hmm. Even that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I raped you and, uh, and four other girls in New York. Remember that guy we talked right. about? I raped you, but... I don't like the stigma that I'm having to have from sex offender. I don't want to have to have a stigma around. <laughs> now, you, the rape victim, you will have no choice. You will continue to carry your stigma for, uh, and God knows what other emotional baggage, for a long time. And you'll just have to suck it up, walk it off. But the the guy, guy who does the raping, he's... He can't on, handle the stigma. No, the stigma's tough for him. <laughs> I don't know why women and girls don't start a revolution and say, are you effing, effing kidding me here? You can't handle the stigma? Oh, my God. Can't control is one thing. It's very, very damaging for those people who are labeled when it has to do with gender, race, um, sexuality, ability. But those aren't their choices. The biggest thing to me is that this is a choice that sex offenders make. Derek Lodge says he shouldn't have to carry the label for life. Referring to me as by a label for something I did half my life ago is inappropriate and downright offensive. I'm not sure Derek Lodge <laughs> helped the situation. Can you imagine? I'm offended. Whoever lets you get so comfortable that you even know the sensation of being offended has failed badly. Yeah. Badly. If you want to see offended, I would like you to still be in prison. Yes. That's what I'm I would like. I'm <laughs> offended that he is alive currently. Right, Can exactly. You, imagine that. Yeah. I want and to do have... my rapes and not feel offended about it, okay? I'm trying to move past this. The pedophilia, you know, I'm trying to move oh, past right. it. And Mr. Sex Offender in Wisconsin, the other day, he was a, a mm -hmm. registered sex offender in Nevada. And he, earlier this month, like I mentioned, tried to run over the mother of his child. She had tire tracks on her pants from him running her over in a gas station parking lot. And he tried to run her over. And then he's out on $1,000 bail. All he had to do was pay $1,000 and he's out wandering around again trying to run other people over. It's incredible. It's incredible. And that's how we get there is mm -hmm. by somebody pretending that it's offensive to refer to somebody like that yep. as a sex offender. Just lock him right. up and, and throw get... away the key right. and then we it... don't have to refer to him as anything. And that is the language of these whack activist DAs, and that's why you've got this DA, the one in Wisconsin as well. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the policies in Boston as well. It's all right. over the place. Right, he's, and he's sitting here going, well, our policies weren't followed. That's not what we meant to happen. Yeah, I bet. I right. bet. We'll see what their investigation of the bail policies turns up when they try and figure out why they let this guy go run around. He argued client would be a better term. Client. I prefer to go by client or associate. <laughs> client. Can you imagine? Who's he argue? You don't get to argue. Shut the frig up. Client. By the way, what does everybody in the sales department do now that all clients are, are pedophiles? <laughs> yeah, the client means sex offender. Public defender Kathy Heffron agreed. Is it takes into consideration the uniqueness of individuals that are receiving treatment. 
the uniqueness. Guys, let's study Is there a treatment for raping people? Well, there's uniqueness in those individuals, Alice. You're Mm -hmm. not understanding that. There's uniqueness in those individuals. And that's what the women who have been raped and brutalized by these guys and girls should realize. They should stop focusing on their own pain and try to think about the uniqueness of their attacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible to me, too, because research shows this. And lefty feminists used to talk about this all the time back when the Me Too stuff was happening, is that... Um, people who commit acts of domestic violence are far, far, far more likely to do other criminal things like the Wisconsin guy did. Mm. I mean, to become mass shooters or whatever else. All these really terrible crimes are committed by people with domestic violence histories. So you you can draw a straight line to loosening all the restrictions on people who commit these types of crimes. Clients. Uh huh. Uh, and to the rise in crime that's been happening across the country. I mean, you elect these psychotic DAs in places like San Francisco and L.A. and Boston and Wisconsin and wherever else, and then, you know, then this is what you get. I hope you all enjoy it, because this is what you ordered. Right. Client, one of the board's five options. Supporters of the change in terminology argue it will reduce recidivism. Opponents say it will only reduce accountability. In the end, the board voted 10 to 6 to go with adults who commit sex offenses. I think this strikes a balance. Jessica Do- That dude right there is the problem. Mm-hmm. That dude right there, the uh, milk toast male feminists who get on these boards... Uh, you know, the same ones uh, who, you know, uh, enthuse at throwing masks on little girls when they play sports games. That's exactly the problem. People who should know. There should be something, a protector part of you that comes out. But mm-hmm. no. Oh, those days are over. With the Colorado District Attorney's Council worries the change. So this woman I was worried about, this woman named Daughter, because uh, next to her name it had her pronouns. So I'm like, oh. God, here we go. Won't end with the Sex Offender Management Board. I'm concerned that the use of person-first language generally is an attempt to remove accountability from offenders um, and to increase, increasingly really diminish the experience of the victim. Last year, lawmakers... That is a, a reassuring thing, that a wokester... Mm-hmm. said, uh, okay, guys, there's a limit to this. There's a limit to maybe who we should be embracing. And right. maybe rapists and pedophiles, <laughs> maybe that should be the limit. Maybe that should be it. But no, and you're right. And we, I don't know when we, when we were doing You mentioned it yesterday somehow. They are trying to mainstream pedophilia. 100%. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They're already... Uh, they're already Empathetic articles written about, let's dissect pedophilia for a moment here. Mm -hmm. That's what's next. Nobody is safe. Considered a bill that would have, among other things, eliminated the term sexually violent predator from statutes, but they ended up pulling it. Meanwhile, a task force charged with sentencing reform is considering asking the legislature to change terms like defendant, convict, and felon to justice-involved people. Ah! See where that goes. Ironically, the Sex Offender Management Board, Mm -hmm. that'll stay named the same because they can't change their name. The legislature Legislature. has to change it. So Sex Offender will remain in their name. 
All right, we know you'll stay on top of this. So they said in the beginning of this, remember, this won't apply to courts, etc. But the court people have already begun changing the names, as we just heard. Okay, so there's one bit of uh, absolute insanity coming to New England, no doubt about that. And the other one is out of San Francisco. This one you found, right? Or did I find it? I, I think you found this anymore. one. I sent you the Colorado. This is un... This is... I'll just... Let's just get it over with. Here we go. Some Bay Area police departments have called what happened this weekend looting. We saw similar crimes happen in the wake of the George Floyd protest. But are these weekend crimes truly considered looting? Race and social justice reporter Julian Glover is here to give us uh, some context. Any predictions what the race and social (laughs) justice reporter might come up with? I don't think you hire a race and social justice reporter to be told that things are looting. Uh, Correct. Into that word, looting. Julian? Hi, good evening, Dan. Yeah, if you look up the California law... Julian's probably like, can I just be a reporter? Do I have to... (laughs) Be, it's I understand I'm black guys, but can I I'm good at this. I could go out and do no 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 you're the race and social justice reporter. Which I spent some time doing today. The answer is no. According to the textbook definition, these thefts did not happen under any type of state of emergency or disaster. But we know that some Bay Area police departments are calling what we saw looting, others simply calling it organized robbery. Analysts I spoke to today says the distinction matters. Here's why. The Louis Vuitton store was burglarized and looted the Burberry. That is a black chief of police who hasn't gotten the memo. That you're not supposed to use the offensive term looting. Correct. And Westville Mall was burglarized and looted. That's San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott detailing his department's response to a wave of seemingly organized retail theft netting a million dollars in stolen luxury goods. Here's San Jose PD spokesman today. So we're talking about two incidents. We're not going to call this looting. Okay, this is organized robbery. Is what it is. He's talking about the $40,000 in merchandise stolen from Lululemon in Santana Row Saturday. Similar crimes hit Hayward and Walnut Creek this weekend, with waves of suspects rushing stores, leading to major losses. But according to the California Penal Code, what we saw was not looting. Looting is theft or burglary during a state of emergency, resulting from an earthquake, fire, flood, riot, or other natural or man-made disaster. In the popular vernacular... Taking crap from stores, we just call looting. Right. You know, and, and you know, right now there is, among other things, there is a destabilization of law enforcement, which could mm-hmm. be this form of hurricane. Or And there's also a pandemic right now, which is right. allowing people to wear masks while they're not looting. Um, so there are other factors at play right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, aren't they in a state of emergency in California still? I they think must so. be because they still have all their emergency orders and stuff. I the would think that the they are. The may be small, but Lorenzo Boyd, professor of criminal justice and community policing, and a retired this. veteran police officer, told me words matter. Because looting is a term that we typically use when people of color or oh. urban dwellers are doing something. Urban we dwellers. tend not to use that term <laughs> for other people when they do the exact same thing. To be clear, we don't... Well, What's an urban dweller? <laughs> don't know the identities or races of the majority of the thieves, but we do know there was no local emergency declared in the... Well, if you don't know the races, identities of any of the thieves... Why do you need all the race reporters on this? And why do you need all the, uh, why do you need that last guy on this? The diversity uh, professor. Well, yeah. So why, how do you know, if you don't know that 
what race the people are, then how can you say that people are only using the term looting because it's black people and urban dwellers? Right. You don't know if it's black people and urban right? dwellers. <laughs> why? I don't know why that phrase makes me laugh so much. Bay Area cities that experienced smashing grabs this weekend. However, the crimes did follow the contentious verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial Friday. Uh. Oh, there you go. Wait a second. <laughs> so, whoever did follow... So wait a second. The contentious verdict? Are we justifying the urban dwellers? <laughs> Smash urban and grabbing? dwellers are allowed to commit organized robberies I mean, after uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's verdict. Can you imagine a, a, news, a news, I understand that he is the race reporter, suggesting that there's a cause and effect. There is a causality there because, you know, there was a contentious... Wait, wait, wait. Why does one plus one equal seven then? <laughs> I don't understand how that's, how that's possible. Like, what is the thing that allows Tom Shattuck to have an excuse, a rural dweller, to have an excuse to go take the stuff from stores? Well, I don't Do know. Do I and get to have stuff? It's things? funny. Initially, in the, like, super early George Floyd mm -hmm. stuff, remember there was, like, a Target that got looted? Yeah, of course. And um, they tried to make some case that the Target had, like crowded out local businesses or something like they tried to make some connection right. as to why the target was being looted that wasn't just like people stole from it as a crime it was like to get back at the systems <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but, but yeah i mean why why are you bringing up the kyle rittenhouse verdict right unless uh, although... you're claiming it's somehow related to the fact that a bunch of urban dwellers committed an organized robbery although during the kenosha riots there was looting looting so why is that even in the story i don't get it it's very confusing a jury found the teen not guilty on all counts for killing two men during a pro what kind of men men who are trying to kill him white men these are white men these are white men, exactly. He waxed two white guys and and winged a uh, and white Antifa punk. I don't understand how, you know what, guys? It seems to me we lost two white men today. To the Lululemon we go. <laughs> Test against police brutality last year in Wisconsin. Is that what that was in Wisconsin? A protest against police brutality? Hmm. A lot of fire yeah. and um, and um, smash and grabbing for also, a protest. Also, was there any police brutality in Wisconsin? No. Local protests this weekend in response were small and peaceful. These types of massive organized smash and grabs were happening before the Rittenhouse situation happened. It's a false equivalency. It's people trying to politicize crime. Do you think uh, that's aimed at you, race reporter, by the way? <laughs> He's telling you not to make the equivalency because it happened before this. That that was an accurate use of the terminology. This seems like it's an organized smash and grab robbery. This doesn't seem like looting. And we're thinking of scenarios where uh, first responders are completely overwhelmed and folks... That the news wrap is about terminology because he's the race reporter rather than there's a real problem with hordes of urban dwellers <laughs> running into stores and taking everything tells you the priorities of mm -hmm. these people in media and the left today.
often maybe on their own. Martin Reynolds, co-executive director of the Robert C. Maynard Institute of Journalism Education, thinks back to... He's the co-executive director of that (laughs) journalism (laughs) affairness thing. Trina, when largely black New Orleans residents were labeled looters for crimes of survival, stealing water, food, and supplies. And large TVs. Right. Yes, in electronics, oh, by the way. That's what everybody was talking about. So now we've rewritten Katrina. They're stealing supplies. The cameras weren't following people with milk bottles. Please tell me you have the let them touch those things. I, I don't. But... I don't. Before federal government aid arrived. People draw their own conclusions. If you, The terminologies that you use are tethered to people's understanding of how they have been used in the past. So in other words, the definition of racism is racist systems in racist... And both experts stress the importance of media media literacy for viewers like you out there. That's thinking critically about the language being used by public officials and also also us uh, here in the media. The bottom line, words matter and precision is key as we're all... How about words like, okay, how about words like uh, strapping? Uh, It looked like a whip. How about um, how about uh, words like super spreader events? What about the, the word white supremacist? I would say that's a good one. When words matter, when everybody's a white supremacist, words matter now when it comes to looting. You know what this? I also love when the local news gives me homework at the end. <laughs> now, what you need to go home and do, children, is think critically about the language that your public officials are using, so that you can go to your local school committee meeting and demand that they not talk about sex offenders or felons or illegal aliens or whatever other thing they're going to come up with. It's incredible to me. The level of activism that's on the local news. Just report to me the thing that happened. Don't start telling me I need to learn to think critically. Excuse me? What are we doing Not only that, Alice, but almost every news package is about two minutes long. There's usually the anchors take it at first for about 10 seconds and throw to the reporter who does a stand-up for about 10 seconds. Then Mm -hmm. there's about a, a, a minute 30 of um pre-tape of the of the uh, canned right. uh content that they've mm-hmm. done usually in the in, in the in the edit bay or in the van and then there's about 10 seconds of back to the stand up to throw it back to the anchors to a okay. little bit more this was twice as long this package got a lot of love and attention yeah just <laughs> open ended don't worry about your 2 minutes anymore talk about uh, activism all right, Alice, where are we? Where are we? Are we? Uh, oh, yeah. Here's This is what we call comedy on late night TV now. Big news on Friday was that after being accused of crossing state lines, killing two people, and wounding another last year during a Black Lives Matter protest, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all counts. Okay. Yeah, okay, cards on the table. I'm not a legal expert. So I can't tell you whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse broke the law. But I can tell you this, if he didn't break the law, we should change the law. Yeah, my feeling, it feels like that he should be in jail. So if he wasn't... Which exact part should be illegal? The crossing state lines part? Which didn't happen. (laughs) Right. I mean, he did cross a state line in the same way that, you know, you or I cross a state line when we go to Placer, New Hampshire. Right. But did you, did you, did you realize that he was at work, Rittenhouse, earlier in the day? 
Mm, no, I didn't. He didn't realize. go there that night with his gun. You know, his gun is always in Kenosha. Never left Kenosha. He was at work during the day. He crossed state lines to go to work in Kenosha. I thought he was like wiping off graffiti and stuff during I, the day. Maybe I don't know, at some other point. point. That's fine. But anyway, it's just. But also, that's that's a late night joke. Once again, <laughs> talk about Clapter. Is that what is that supposed to to do? You boo. I mean, if people just forgotten about comedy, I mean, I can't believe. I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I'm. There used to be a time when David Letterman was fairly new in in the '80s, mm-hmm. when he simply used his entire show to just have fun, to have fun. They were in the cruddy time slot. He had the 12:30 show, and so he just do stuff, try to get away with stuff, anything. There were entire segments. That he would find, he would look out their office window, find somebody else in another office, and he would just call them during the show. Talk to them. It didn't matter who it was. They'd look at another skyscraper over there and just call and talk to them. You know, they did stuff where he walked out in the street and stuff. They, they used to throw TVs off of 30 Rock onto the street and stuff. Like, funny, crazy, weird stuff. Because the idea was, no matter what, let's have fun here. This is a show about comedy. D- totally gone. Even people who are like kind of vacuous, who do want to do it, like uh, Jimmy Fallon, has been bullied into it. So now our comedy, what what it goes for comedy now at night, is three guys synchronizing their shows to do a climate change special. Yay! You would comedians would laugh at some of the stuff back just years ago, but no. Well, that's not uh, that's not the way it goes. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy that you would go out here and say that somebody who got a full jury trial that you know laws need to be changed to prevent them from getting away with it again. I, I legitimately don't understand the, what is supposed to be changed. For example, you know, obviously. A lot of people felt that O.J. Simpson should not have gotten off for mm-hmm. uh, his crimes, for mm-hmm. committing murder. However, there was a trial, and then he was like, go. And as far as I know, nobody was like, oh, we should get another shot at that. What We need to change the <laughs> laws. We need to not have due process anymore. Right. Juries should be banned. Like, I mean, wh- what are people suggesting when they say this? Because I think if you connect the dots and say, what are they actually suggesting? They're just saying, I should be able to throw people that I don't like in jail. Totally. Absolutely. I have a really bad feeling when I see Rittenhouse, (laughs) so the system should be nudged so that he goes back into the guilty category. (laughs) These people are dangerous, is what they are. So, But you know what's interesting is that going off of the urban dwellers um, and all of the stealing that's been happening, there has been something interesting happening. Now, on Morning Joe, there has been a, a bit of an epiphany. Willie Geist and Joe Scarborough uh, talked about this, um, and it seems like there, the smelling salts have maybe started to hit. 
So, Joe, while some of these images, of course, are shocking to look at, they are absolutely not surprising to anyone who lives in San Francisco, no. given what's happened in the last few years there, which is the district attorney has signaled there, we're just not going to prosecute property crimes. We're going to do it at a much lower rate than it's ever been done. In fact, it will be a misdemeanor if you steal less than $950. That was a proposition of referendum that passed in that city. All the signals, and it's not just San Francisco, but it's what we're talking about here, are that if you want to go in and steal stuff, we're going to sit back and let it happen, or at least we're not going to prosecute you after we catch you. Well, I mean, it, it's in San Francisco. And by the way, it, I'm not sure what the mayor of San Francisco is talking about. We must stop this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been happening for a couple of years now. We, uh, A good friend of ours went into uh, Louboutin store to get a pair of... Where? Where? Louboutin. Louis Vuitton, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like how he tries to say it really quickly because it's a, it's an elitist one percent. <laughs> well, now store. I care. It's happening yes. to the Louis Vuitton store. Sweats. Uh, about ten people stormed into the store, uh, pulled out guns, and just started piling uh, stuff into suitcases. It's been San Francisco is out of control. Portland is out of control. These are not things they would be saying if Trump was still the president. Oh no, of course not. San Francisco out of control, Portland out of control. Trump Ooh. would have somehow caused the organized yes. robberies of the urban dwellers. Yes, this coming from uh, MSNBC, this is dangerous stuff. And and you look, in part, you're right, Willie. <laughs> I mean, laws have consequences. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I don't know who sent the memo out that, like, over the last couple of years was a dawning of the age of Aquarius. And we actually didn't have to worry about crime and punishment. But we do. We do. And when you don't, these are the consequences. Clear. So the most amazing thing is that Willie Geist, uh, sitting at the table also, is Al Sharpton. And he gets in on it. I walked hmm. in a couple of months ago into a Dwayne Reed. The shelves were empty. And I thought, oh, is this a supply chain? They said, no, everybody stole everything. <laughs> I mean, so you've got things that are <laughs> locked up now that were never locked up before. And are we really asking the clerk at the Dwayne Reed to now become a police officer and stop all this that's going on? Or the secu one security guard they have, unarmed security guard there, to hopefully deter some of this? So this is, Joe mentioned Eric Adams a few minutes ago. Part of Eric Adams' mm -hmm. campaign was... We're going to stop the chaos in this city, this this quality of life stuff that you're seeing in front of you every day. We're going to stop it. And it's a big reason why he's going to be the next mayor of this city. And I think that that kind of politics is what is going to resonate, because at one level, you want criminal justice to be criminal justice. But you do not want to have this kind of, of bedlam and lawlessness. First of all. No one has fought for uh, giving people reform in terms of how they're sentenced or bail more than I have. But a guy or a lady stealing a Louis Vuitton bag is not somebody that needs social uplifting. This is somebody that is really causing us more of a problem. These latte liberals that justify this, this has nothing to do with poverty. This has nothing to do with you couldn't get a job. These are people that can go back in the neighborhoods where Louis Vuitton bag is not unusual and they can just fit in and, and many of it for gag. And they hurt the cause of those that want criminal justice reform. So at one level, they hurt the stone. At another level, they hurt us that are trying to get a break in the criminal justice system, which is why I agree with you. You have to give it to the judges to have discretion because everybody that is standing up in front of the judge does not come there with the same circumstances. Hardliner Al Sharpton, conservative.
Incredible. Yes. My goodness. Latte liberals. What is happening here? Yeah. I mean, if Trump said that, he'd be called racist for even saying it. But but it is interesting because I think there is a shift. You are so right about that. You are so right that that would be a dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting point, this criticism of Joe Scarborough that, you know, they've only started caring because it's the rich people's stores, because this has been a narrative in San Francisco in particular, but I mean, in a lot of parts of the country, but in particular in San Francisco for a while, this organized crime coming and wiping out stores, a lot of stores in Worst neighborhoods have started to lock up detergent because that's something mm-hmm. you can get a lot of money for on the black market. You know, people coming in, you've seen the videos in Connecticut of people just walking out of the stores with grocery carts and grocery carts filled with stuff. Yep. You know, thousands and thousands of dollars of merchandise just leaving with it. And the stores aren't able to do anything because they can't put the people that work in the stores at risk. And so... You know, this has been happening in poorer neighborhoods for a while to the point where some of the poorer neighborhoods have lost Walgreens and CVS stores that have pulled out of the neighborhoods because they can't make a profit because they're losing so much merchandise. And it only turns into a big national story that gets picked up by the mainstream and that so-called latte liberals care about once it starts hitting rich people's stores. And it's just, it's interesting because you think about the policies that liberals pursue supposedly to help people of color these things you know loosening up on crime laws bail reform all these things and you know who gets hurt by that who gets hurt by the rise in crime it's the other people who live in those neighborhoods Mm -hmm. it's the poorer people it's the more disadvantaged people who now don't have a cvs to go to now don't have a walgreens to go to have to travel further have a food desert or whatever you know that's who it's hurting and the thing is liberals just don't care about it when it's not impacting them it's you know they're all willing to go to the black lives matter protests in their nice fancy neighborhoods and do the whatever stupid fist in the air and the whole thing right and and somehow it gets framed as a race thing even though the policies that they're actually pursuing are hurting more people of color than they're not you know and it's it's kind of ironic in a way when you look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case as this whole thing sort of in a microcosm because, you know, he did shoot white people. And it's become a symbol of Black Lives Matter, even though he shot white people that weren't obviously doing anything to help people of color. It has nothing right. to do with people of color. <laughs> Joseph Rosenbaum wasn't even really at the Black Lives Matter protest. No, he was using the N-word before he got shot. Yeah, he was running around at this protest because he was a crazy person Mm who had just been released from the hospital uh, and and had a, for a suicide attempt and was running around like a lunatic screaming the N-word at people. He wasn't protesting for black lives and that has nothing to do with why he was shot so it it's just this desire to rewrite these narratives as some sort of racial justice thing when they're absolutely not about racial justice at all and you can see that in the results of the policies that they pursue and you can see it in the electoral results that you know the defund the police messaging hurt democrats with black people 
course. Because they don't want the police defunded because it hurts them when crazy white liberals from Wellesley decide to defund the police in Boston. Like, Absolutely. It's nuts. Absolutely. You know, it's <laughs> out of control. And it and we have to we have to utterly reject the narrative mm-hmm. that the Black Lives Matter movement as it stands has anything to do with race. Right. Um, but one other aspect of this that I thought was interesting too is this focus on property crimes because obviously we've been getting told for a while that, you know, one of the things they don't want to prosecute is property crimes. We've seen it with the Boston DA and all that stuff, too. That, you know, the the sense is that property crimes aren't as important as if you actually hurt a person. Right. Right. And that's one of the narratives about Kyle Rittenhouse, too, is that he's he was just defending property. Why did he care so much about the car source? Why did he go there with a gun and kill people over a building? Who cares? It's just a building, and he killed somebody over it, right? Which isn't true, obviously. He didn't kill anybody for setting fire to the building. He killed somebody for trying to kill him. So, mm-hmm. um, But this guy, who's apparently a philosopher wrote a long piece about this for um for well, you don't have to read the whole I'm thing. I'm not going to read the I'm not going to read the thing at all. Say his name so that we skip uh, that part Barrett over. Barrett Holmes Pitner wrote uh this piece about uh for the Daily Beast called Kyle Rittenhouse's lethal pursuit of happiness is America's legacy. And he goes into this whole thing. He has a book out about this too, shockingly. Um but it's all about how um read some of it if, actually, you, if you don't mind because it's it's <laughs> Really badly written. It is. It does. It sounds like somebody's eighth grade term paper or something. It sounds like one of these columns that I showed you uh, in in the past when I was an editor that I had to rewrite. Mm-hmm. It, that was some of them I received were so ruinous, <laughs> were in such shambles that I couldn't. That, that all I could do was try to glean what point these horrible op-ed writers were trying to come to if i could find a sign find me a sign of the dna of what this is trying to be and i'll rewrite around that and that's what it seems like his thing is kyle rittenhouse is a free man today and the explanation for this resides in america's troubling interpretation of freedom that has always relied on division thomas jefferson's credo of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness has inspired americans for centuries but the philosophy that inspired jefferson's words actually deprives people of freedom jefferson's language derived from the work of british philosopher john locke who articulated the trinity of life liberty and property as the bedrock of civilization and democracy and while these words may appear innocuous they result in calamitous outcomes By attaching life and liberty to property, Locke undermined the importance of life and liberty within public and shared spaces, making them exist within the items and territory that someone owned. In America, ownership was the precursor to freedom. It should surprise no one that Locke's words were embraced by colonizers who implemented genocide to take indigenous land and ethnocide to erect American chattel slavery. Locke's dystopian interpretation of freedom also resulted in property and ownership becoming an extension of white identity. White people came to the New World for the freedom... By the way, did the Native Americans who implemented genocide to take each other each other's possessions, land, women, children, to turn each other into slaves. Did that come from reading Locke, too? 
Um, yeah, and I think the ancient Greeks and Romans, when they must implemented slavery, also okay. must have read Locke, okay. I assume. Um, it's interesting because the implications of Locke are exactly the opposite of that, because the idea of it is that you have a fundamental right to the fruits of your own labor, because that's what property is. So... The idea is that if you're a slave, somebody's taking your own property from you, your mm -hmm. time and efforts and labor, what you earn, mm -hmm. they're stealing from you, right? That's the idea of of right. what it means to have a right to property. And, you know, it, the idea that that's somehow dystopian, that the world you live in that's made possible by the idea of private property... It, you know, in comparison to feudalism, where you would have been a serf or mm -hmm. whatever else, that that's that this is what's dystopian. That your life in suburban America is somehow dystopian compared to all the people that weren't allowed to own property right. it, for through all of human history. But whatever, it's an insane proposition. It's an insane it, essay. It's an insane book that he wrote, and it's a jumble of of nonsense. What, what I found was, and I read this today on the air. <laughs> is that about 11 paragraphs in is where it should have started. Mm -hmm. The lead doesn't happen till almost the end because he's so full of flourish and so proud of himself for mentioning John Locke and dystopian and uh, you know <laughs> the, all his other stuff and all this conceptual um, uh, you know uh, tree trimming that he's doing that he never gets to any kind of point that's any cogent point. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's it's like, it, 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 idiot. So anyway, but that's where we are. And I, I mean, that's a dangerous idea. The idea of abolishing private property in America. They, you know, like the people who were chanting the other day that you played that were saying the only solution is communist revolution. Mm -hmm. I mean, that this should be concerning to people. And the idea that we have DA is saying that property crimes don't hurt people. Property crimes do hurt people. Remember after the riots in, uh, I think it was the Minneapolis riots, I want to say, where the there was the video of the girl on TikTok crying and saying she couldn't fulfill her grandmother's prescription because they, the CVS was destroyed and mm -hmm. closed. I mean, it... Property crimes literally do hurt people. It's it's not made up or pretend or just property. There, that's that's the stuff life is made of. Right. You know, food is property. Your house is property. Right. That's how people live well, also, and survive. Also, speaking of another Connecticut story, blocking the highway mm -hmm. also hurts people. That's a way to deprive people of freedom of movement, which is people need to be able to move to attain things to get places that are important. Most people don't drive on roads in Connecticut for the fun of it because it's hellacious. But it, today, and I, once again, I wasn't going to do this. This is too good. Today, or, or yesterday, or a couple days ago, a car that was from Massachusetts didn't stop. Just went first. It stopped for a second, and then they rolled through, rolled forward, and even though people were touching the car, they go, "Oh my god!" They all pretended to be hurt. <laughs> no peace. No peace. So they're standing in the middle of the street, blocking the street. This is because of Rittenhouse. Black Lives Matter has to close down streets. They get to. All lives can't matter till Black Lives Matter. Get the tags. As one listener said, it's interesting how they want them to get the tags so they can call the police to help them. Mm. The Black Lives Matter defund the police. Police are all pig killers, people. 
Um, but uh, maybe but, they just want a restorative justice. The driver of the car and right. explain to him how his actions have impacted people. But I mean, how wonderful is that? How how just uh, anemic of any uh, morality or, or really pr- principle is that? Do you go from immediately to be being a bully and a terrorist in the middle of a street to the only other card you have is I'm immediate I'm victim I'm victim. Me and John Lewis, it's the same thing that <laughs> happened, what's happening right now as the car goes through at one mile per hour. It's like, a wretched, what a wretched, toxic group that is. Not, I mean, but I mean, so many of these progressive groups are. Thank you so much again, everyone. Um, we will see you tomorrow. This has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, uh, burnbarrelpodcast.com, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. You can email us if you want to, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can find us not on YouTube for the moment, at least, but we are on Rumble and, uh, you know, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.